Hey, we're glad you're here today. And if you're just joining with us today, we're gonna catch you up on our series. Um, but today's gonna be a good day. I wanna give you a word today. I want you to say it after me. The word's expectation. Say expectation. Let's say it like you mean, maybe expectation. Here's what I believe. I believe if you come to church with expectation, you're gonna leave full. If you come with low expectation, then you're gonna leave empty. And so I believe however you come in here determines how you leave here. So if you would just right in your seat, just turn up your expectation and you say, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to the next level today, or I'm gonna, I'm gonna receive something, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get mine today. I'm gonna just say to your neighbor, say, get mine. Get mine. Like, you gotta get mine. Like, I'm gonna get mine. Don't worry, don't worry about the neighbor if he's gonna get his or not, but you gotta, you gotta get yours. Get mine. Yesterday I did a wedding. Uh, Jamie and Liz, they sit on the second row. It's uh, Nick's uh, sister, and uh, she got married, and her dad is here today, and his brother, and their friends. And I'm uncle, aunts, cousins, somebody. They're, they were at the wedding, okay? I know that much. <clears throat> and I'm glad that you guys are here today and um, we're gonna have a good time. So expectation, turn your, turn your expectation up today. Here's what we believe. We believe at this church that Jesus came and he died on a cross and he rose again three days later and he didn't do that for himself because he was good. He did that for humanity. Now, if you're wondering who humanity is, that's you. That's where you fit into play. He died on the cross for the sins of the world. We believe that. We believe that after he got off that cross, he went into a borrowed tomb. He was there for three days. The tomb was rolled away. He got out of the tomb and he walked this earth for 40 more days and then he ascended up into heaven. That's what we believe. Now, here's what we believe. After the cross, after he died on the cross for sins, there was no, the cross was, there was no need for the cross anymore. So he took that cross and he took that wood after he was off and he turned that cross into a table. We believe that table is called the church. We believe that table is you and I, it's, it's where you and I sit. And God's desire is for us to fill this table up, okay? And so we've been using this, this imagery of, of a table the last three weeks, and we're gonna use it one more week. And here's where you're at today. If this right here, this is God's seat. This is the God, the creator of the universe. He sits, the maker of the heavens and the earth. This is God's seat. This is where he sits. At. He's at the head of the table. He belongs at the head of the table. Whenever you make everything and you pay all the bills, you know what I'm saying? You get to sit at the head of the table. That's where God sits. And some of you guys in your day, you're compassionate and you're really worried about me. I need you to know something. I feel great. I sound like trash, <clears throat> but I feel great. And um, I've, this is not coffee. And you're like, dude, if he would just quit drinking so much coffee, it would help him. This is hot tea, so. <laughs> Bottoms up. <clears throat> tea and lemon. Hot, hot Earl Grey tea with lemon. And so that's what I'm sipping on today. <clears throat> this right here is, is, is a third of the church in America today. These are people that, that we call them seekers. They had the story that I just told you about the Jesus down the cross for our sins and, and raising again three days later and, and paying, paying the price for all of humanity so they can have an attorney in heaven with Jesus. That's, they don't believe that yet. <clears throat> Key word is yet. They're kind of just, they're just inspecting. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day and she goes, I'm just kind of walking around the table, making up my own self. I'm just like, I'm not quite in the chair yet. I'm kind of like just walking around. I'm listening to you, Wes. I'm tracking with you. It sounds good. I'm getting most of it, but I'm kind of just checking everything out. Well, that, that's this thing here. It's called a, it's a seeker. It's so they're looking for answers. They're looking, they're looking for Jesus. They haven't quite found him yet. Now he's found them but they haven't found Jesus yet. That's, that's a seeker. And then to go from chair one to chair two, it goes for a second because we believe to get from chair one to chair two, you have to believe that Jesus down the cross for your sins. It happens in a moment. And it took Jesus a lot of painful hours down the cross for your sins. Jesus didn't just die as you. He died for you and as you. 
But if you believe that story, you believe that he died on the cross for your sins and you rose again, you, we, you move into what's called salvation. And a person sitting in chair two, they believe in Jesus died on the cross for their sins, that they're saved. They believe that story. They believe the Christmas story and they believe the Easter story because the Easter story is that he rose again. They believe both those stories. That's chair two. Now to get from chair two to chair three takes a long time. <clears throat> to get from chair two to chair three takes a long time. And I wanna talk to you guys for a few moments today about chair three. I'm gonna tell you today, what are, the, what are, the, uh, what are the, um, the qualifications of chair three? Now there is no qualifications per se, but this is what it looks like. When you're in chair three, I'm gonna tell you guys today from the Bible what it looks like to be in chair three. And the goal is this, we don't believe in a God who's dead, we believe in a God who's alive. So here's our desire for you and God's desire is that you go from chair to chair to chair until you get to heaven. That's God's design. That's God's plan. We believe in a, our faith isn't a dead faith. It's an alive faith. Our word isn't a dead word. It's an alive word. We believe that God's not dead. He's alive. So we have to move. We have to keep on moving. We live in a faith. Our faith is ever moving. God is ever moving. God is not just a, God is not just a man who died on the cross for sins, but he himself is a movement. I love the brand name Jesus. It has lasted over more brands, more books sold, more t-shirts sold, more music sold. The brand of Jesus has been around a long time and you and I are supposed to get in that movement and go from chair to chair to chair to chair. The end goal for your life is not for you to say, I know Jesus on the cross for my sins and now I'm good. There's a goal for you to get from chair two to chair three. It takes longer. It takes a moment to get from chair one to chair two. It takes a little bit longer to get from chair two to chair three. But I believe this in here today. Every single one of us in here can move from chair to chair. Here's what we learned the first week. Number one, there's more room at this table. <clears throat> there's more room at Hope Church. There's more room in the kingdom of God. There's, the seats aren't full. I was looking for tickets. I saw Hamilton's coming into town. And Lord, those are expensive. Those tickets ain't Cheap, and I'm like, man, my, I could really impress my wife, but it would cost me a house payment. So I'm like, hey, she's got the stuff with a cheap card, you know what I'm saying? And I love you. Like, those cards are expensive, or I'll take her to see uh, John Chris, you know, for 20 bucks. Man, that's exp they're expensive, 500 bucks already per ticket. Now I could swing it, maybe, maybe I can send her, like, hey, you find someone else to go, you can buy their ticket. But we ain't both going, I know that for sure, unless the favor of God strikes down on my life and says, hey, here's two tickets, we ain't going. So if we go, you just know that the favor of God fell upon us. So there's more room at this table. <clears throat> there's more. The, the, thing, the reason why the Hamilton is, is the tickets are so high is because they're going to run out of space. My friends have seen them. I've seen some, I've seen my friends have seen them in different parts of the country. It's going to get full. For the kingdom of God, there's, Jesus has a big table. There's a, there's a, he's got a big room. He's got a big table, and there's space for every single person in this room to get to the table. There's more room at the table. The Bible says in Luke chapter 14, verse 23, So his master said, go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge everyone that you find to come to the table. Everyone can come to the table. We get to bring as many people as possible to the table, and there will never, ever rent a room for, at God's table. There's more room at the table. And here's the second thing we learned. Love is the language at the table. Love is the language at the table. There are so many people groups out there, some churches where they're, they're, they talk more about what they are against than what they are for. We gotta be for people. We're a church that's for people because we serve a God who is for people and we love people and not condemn them because Jesus didn't come to condemn, but he came to love and we wanna be like Jesus. So it's our job to love the world. We've said it since day one. We're gonna love people and we're gonna let God save them. I'm not getting on the cross for none of you guys. You don't deserve it. 
Plus, I don't want to get my clothes dirty. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> I felt so judged today. I walked out in the lobby with our team, our dream team. And the guy walks up. He's like, you don't have to ask Wes. We know he does. And I was like, what? He said, you just look at the kind of guy that does. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, oh, we're just talking about whether or not you get pedicures. I'm like, here's the deal. If you would try it, you might like it. Do you know what I'm saying? You don't know until you try it. And so, of course I like it. I did fall asleep in my last pedicure and I woke up to shiny toes though. That was a little bit awkward. So I'm like, hey, there's a little bit of a language barrier. I said, but don't do that again. Don't, no shiny, no shiny. My guy friends make fun of me. Love is the language at the table. Here's what the Bible says. In John chapter 13, verse 35, your love for one another will prove that you guys are my disciples. Your love for one another will prove that you're my disciples. People ask me all the time, what's the best thing I can do for this church? You can start loving people. You can start encouraging people. You can start comforting people. You can start helping people out. That's what you can do because love is the language at the table. And Jesus says, people are gonna know if you're my disciples by how well you love people. So you can ask yourself the question, how, how you doing? You loving people? People in chair three, they love people without restraints. And so I wanna dig in a little bit further today. I wanna talk to you guys today about chair three, okay? If you want to get to chair three, this sermon is for you. I was listening to a podcast the other day. Anybody ever heard of a guy named Seth Godin? Seth Godin, he just wrote a book. He's, wrote, he's written 19 books. Great, great author. He said, you know what? I don't write for everybody. I don't write for everybody. So I'm like, I'm like locked in. I'm like, well, who do you write for? He goes, I only write for people who want to move. I, he goes, I only write for the 10%. And I'm like, what's the 10%? He said, I'm, I'm, he goes, I'm writing for the people who are not okay with status quo. That's who I'm writing for. I, I'm writing for the people who have some expectation. I wanna encourage you today, if you're here today and you came like with little expectation, you might not like this message. But if you're coming with great expectation, you're gonna leave here super, super full. If you have a Bible, flip open to Luke chapter 11. Luke 11, great passage of story. I'm gonna sit down because you're sitting down and it just makes sense. I wanna be like you guys. Luke chapter 11, plus it's so comfortable sitting down. Luke chapter 11 Verse 37, the Bible says this. As Jesus was speaking, one of the Pharisees invited him to his house for a meal. I went to the wedding last night and they had a salad bar and a regular people food bar. The salad bar and then the regular people food bar. My wife goes, do you want some salad? I was like, no, it's a buffet. All I want is meat. That's all I want. Give me all the steak and all the chicken I even took a little piece of mahi-mahi just so I can see I tasted it. All, it was just a pile of, a pile of meat. I'm, I'm ready, ready for Thanksgiving. The whole message is gonna be revolved around Thanksgiving and eating, okay? I'm just kidding. <clears throat> so he, the Bible says in this passage, scripture, they went and he said, I wanna invite you to come over for a meal. Come on over for a meal. Now last week, Jesus invited Zacchaeus to Zacchaeus' house. He says, Zacchaeus, I'm gonna go to your house. You better get there and fix the meal. Well, here in this passage of story, we have a lost person, or we have a person who's, who's found, who's religious saying, hey, come to my house. I, wanna, I want you to see my house. I want you to see how much, what I have. The Bible says this, his host was amazed to see that he sat down to eat without first performing the hand-washing ceremony required by Jewish custom. Now, we, for sake of time, we're not gonna go into that, but he would have came in typically, and the host would have said, hey, here's, some, here's a way for you to clean your hands up. And that didn't happen. I would like to suggest today that that's not Jesus' fault. That was the host's fault. You're gonna find out in just a few moments that the host really, they're not, they don't, their hearts aren't right. The hosts aren't. 
The hosts are there to kind of trip up Jesus and to see if they can get, trick him. Because the Pharisees, their job, they were always trying to get Jesus twisted up. They were always trying to get Jesus to say something. They would bring someone, they would bring someone to Jesus and say, Jesus, what do you say we do about this guy? Jesus like, let's help him. Well, Jesus, it's the Sabbath. You're supposed to rest on the Sabbath. We're going to help him. We're always going to do, I love what Andy said, he says, we should always do whatever love requires. Whatever love would do, that's what, that's what we should, we should love him. And so they always were trying to trick up Jesus. He said, Jesus, <clears throat> they looked over like, man, Jesus didn't, Jesus didn't wash your hands. They was like, you dirty, your mama's dirty, your face is dirty. Like, you need to wash your hands. <clears throat> I got that from Josh. Verse 39. Then the Lord said to him, you Pharisees are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you are filthy. You are full of greed and wickedness. He goes, man, you guys, you're measuring the wrong thing. And I think for so long, so many churches, we've started measuring the wrong thing. I've heard, I've, you guys have heard that saying, I said it to you guys last week, but the Bible's called to be fishers of men, not keepers of the aquarium. We got so many churches out there, they're cleaning the aquarium so that it looks good when Jesus calls to go out and reach some dirty fish. Have you ever been fishing before? Nobody, okay, cool, awesome. Awesome, just, just me. I mean, I've only guys been fishing before, but fish are smelly, fish are dirty. God's called us to go out and reach some people, but instead we're at home cleaning the aquarium. He goes, hey guys, it's not about what's on the outside of the cup, it's about what's on the inside of the cup. You guys were called to help some people, but you guys aren't helping nobody. You're called to be helping people, but you're, you're helping yourself. All you guys are doing is, is around Snap and Instagram and Facebook when you could be helping some more people. I heard someone say recently, you can't Instagram integrity. You can't Facebook faithfulness. He goes, man, guys, you're doing all the wrong thing. Your life looks good, but your life's not good. We got so many people that are there just make it, making it look good. I want it to look good, wishing their life looked as good as their social media account. And he says, guys, what are y'all doing? He said, man, you guys, you think you're in chair three, but you're really in chair two. You're not really, you're just faking it. You guys are living for Christ. You guys, you're at the outside, but you're inside. You gotta get your insides right. And I wanna encourage you guys today, it's our insides that matter. We're going to preach that in just a moment. He says, hey guys, you guys are greedy and you're wicked and you're full of filth. Then he says, fool. He drops a four-letter F-bomb on him. He says, fool, didn't God make the inside as well as the outside? Here's what he says in verse 41. So clean the inside by giving gifts to the poor and you'll be clean all over. He goes, hey, man, <clears throat> where you're... Your actions need to back up what you're preaching. You need to start helping some people out. Like you, love needs to be the language, not works. You should be loving more people. Man, you guys, here's what I know. Last year, we didn't fill 30 Thanksgiving baskets, but we did this year. We got to do more next year. We, we think we took in somewhere around 50 of those uh, Samaritan's purse shoe boxes. That was great, but we're going to do more next year. He says, we got to do, we got to help more people out. We can't, be, we can't come on Sunday mornings and sing the songs, fear, bow, here, now, Jesus, you change everything. But if we don't go out there and do it, it don't matter. We walk in here today and we got the Bible. We, we might have picked up our Bible today and we can walk in. We got our Bible. We got our clothes looking right. And we're iron. We look fresh and we smell good. And we quit fighting with our spouse when we got outside of the car and we, everything is good. He goes, but hey, if you don't go out there and you don't love people, you're missing it. Guys, what are you doing? And could you imagine coming to someone's house? It'd be like me coming to your house and saying, your house is dirty. You need to clean your house. You invite me all the way to your house and your house is dirty. And then me cutting into the meat and saying, man, this food is nasty. 
Your food's nasty. <laughs> you would say, this guy's a jerk. Well, Jesus is busting their chops. But, I mean, he's the, he's the rule of the universe. They can't really say a whole lot to him. They're like, man, you're mean. You, you, you hurt my feelings. You know, I mean, I'm here and you guys are, I'm, I'm here. We invited you to our house and, and you're complaining. And Jesus says, guys, you're, you're, you're measuring the wrong things. We've told you guys since the day we launched this church, we don't want to measure the wrong things. We want to measure the right things. We don't want to measure how much we bring in. We, want, we measure how much goes out. We don't measure how many people we get to sit in the seat. We measure how many lives are changed. And that's the right thing. And we got to be a church that's for the right things and not for the wrong things. You can get really, 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 really sideways if you're not for the right things. My friend Brandon's here today. He can tell you 85% of churches are in plateau or decline. You want to know why those churches are in plateau or decline? They started counting the wrong things. They started measuring the things that didn't matter. Life's changed. He says, hey guys, you, you guys should start helping some people out. You guys can do better. You can, you can do more. Verse 42, he goes, man, what sorrow awaits you Pharisees? You're careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens. Now these guys, they tithe off of everything. If they had 10 kids, they would have given one kid back to God. And let's be honest, if you have 10 kids, you should give one back to God. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying, I got four, I'm ready to give away two, you know? He says, hey, you, gotta, you guys got to, you, you're giving, but you're just, you're giving off the wrong things. It's a, it's a, it's a shame you're giving stuff away, but you ain't, you ain't helping nobody. It'd be like me going to you today and say, hey, you know what? I gave away 20 pairs of jeans yesterday. Well, that didn't help nobody. That just made space in my closet for me to buy more jeans. You know what I'm saying? In the name of the Father, I'm going to buy some more jeans. That is not helping nobody. It's helping me. You can get so easy, like, I'm going to come and serve. And all you do is take pictures the whole entire time on Instagram. Like, you didn't come, you came for yourself, not for, not for those people. You, you guys get what I'm saying? You got to be careful. You got to have the right motives, the right reasons. So he says here in this pastor, you guys, are, you guys are measuring all the wrong things. He goes, here's what he says. This is so important. We could preach this all day long. You ignore justice. You ignore justice. Do you ignore justice? There's some people in our community, they're having a hard time. It's our job. We exist to help those people. We exist to love those people. If love is the language at the table, it's our job to love those people. I love helping out Matthew's Hope. I love helping them. I love some, because that's, that's, that's an organization in our, in our community where these people are just trying to get a meal every day. They're trying to get some, some powder, some soap to wash their body with, trying to get a clean shower, trying to get a hair. Like, I love, I love that. I love that we partner with Lift Disabilities, a group, an organization where, where people, they, they have disabilities. By the way, my friends in the back, there's a whole row of this squad back here. They gave an invite card to some lady that came today, one of these guys in the back, and, and they came today because someone invited them. Someone just encouraged them to come be a part of, come be a part of a life-giving church. Do we love justice? Do, do we love justice or do we love ourselves? Do we love justice or do we just love, do we love thinking about justice? Do we love helping people or do we like just thinking about helping people? Because there's a fine line. So he goes, you guys, you guys love, you need to love justice, you, but you ignore it. And you ignore the love of God. Verse, the next verse, verse 42, he goes, you should tithe, but not neglect the more important things. He says, hey, you, you guys should give, but are you, do you love people? The apostle Paul says, you can speak in tongues, you can prophesy, you can exhort, you can do all the gifts, 
You can heal people in my name. You can do all these great things, but if you don't love people, you're just a clanky symbol. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. If you don't have love, you don't have Jack, he says. You can tithe and you should tithe. But if you don't love people, you're missing it. You should serve. And it's a great thing. But if you're not doing it because you want to encourage more people and love more people and help more people, then you shouldn't do it. You should read your Bible, but you shouldn't read out of obligation. You, you, should, you should read for transformation, not just information. So he says, hey guys, you're missing, you're missing the mark. Verse 43, man, what sorrow awaits you, Pharisees? For you love to sit in seats of honor in the synagogues and you receive respectful greetings as you walk in the marketplaces. He said to them this, you're more interested in status than you are in serving. I'm gonna die one day and I'm ready to go right now because the pressure in my head right now, it would just relieve it. And so I'd be totally cool with going to heaven. But when I get to heaven, <clears throat> I want to get there and God said, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've served some people well. And when I get to my funeral, I want people to say, man, you serve people well. I don't want people to say, man, you have the biggest church in the city. Oh, man, you, man, people liked you. People, all people loved you. Man, you were so funny. You, you, I want to talk about the qualities. I want them to know I help people. I, I, that's what I want. I want to get there and say, God, God said to me, Wes, you helped a lot of people. When I do your funeral one day, and I'm going to do your funeral, I'm going to outlive a lot of you guys in here today. Just saying, just kidding. When I get there, I want to say, you know what? This person right here, Ty Sean, that dude helps some people. Brad Augustine, that dude helps some people. Brenda's here today. I love Brenda. You don't know Brenda. Brenda has been our waitress at the Village Inn for the last two years while we've had men's Bible study. And she's just, she's just like a typical, typical lady slash grandma would do. She just chimed in whenever she wanted to chime in. And she would say, man, I'm so proud of you guys for being here. You got, I love what you guys are saying right now. You guys are talking about things that actually matter. And she was cheering. I, I, know she was, I know she was there to serve, but I think she was there to cheer for us. And she was saying, man, I'm so proud of these guys. It's so cool to see men talk about the right things, not talk about the wrong things. I love this. And she was cheering for us. And we were able to pray with her on several times, and she was able to pray for us. And man, she, we prayed with her and prayed for her, and, and she believed in us. She walked into church. And I'm so glad that she's here today, one of the kindest, sweetest ladies I've ever met. You're going to meet some people, by the way, have you ever met some people where you feel like when you met them, you experienced a little bit of heaven? That's the kind of person Brenda is. And that's how we ought to be. When people experience they ought to say, man, I just, I met, Brand, I met Brandon and Michelle today and I hugged them. I thought, man, this just feels good. Like these, this is a warm, these, these, there's something different on the inside of these guys. Or do you, people get off the or like, oh, they, they don't want to be talked to. They don't want to be, they don't, I don't want to inconvenience them. So he, let me keep, I'm preaching the wrong stuff. Got a little excited, sidetracked. He said, hey, what sorrow awaits you guys? For you love to sit in seats of honor in the synagogues and, and receive respectful greetings as you walk in the marketplaces. Yes, what sorrow awaits you? For you are like hidden graves in a field. People walk over them without knowing the corruption they are stepping on. Teacher, you're hurting our feelings. We have feelings. You're hurting our feelings. <clears throat> you have insulted us with what you just said. And Jesus said, I know. I'm trying to motivate you guys. 
I'm trying to help you with your expectation. And I, I can resonate a little bit of that today because I came this one with great expectation because I have great expectation for you. I'm in chair three. And the only reason why I got to chair three because of the grace of God. It's the same way I got from chair one to chair two. It's because of the grace of God. But at some point in your life, when you have the grace of God, your expectation goes up. And your expectation doesn't just go up for yourself. Your expectation goes up for everybody around you guys. And that's the way it should be. My expectation is high. Somebody had expectation for Michelle and Brandon. Someone had high expectation for them. And they have an expectation for their son, Chris, and for their daughter. High expectation. Not that they, they would be something incredible, but that they would just be used by God. They got the right measuring stick. They got the right measuring stick. We talk about these kids, all, the, all these kids all the time. Great kids. They're great kids because they had great investment. And Brandon and Michelle can't stand here today because of the great investment they invested in themselves. Why they did invest in themselves. There were some men who invested in them. And so I'm here today with great expectation. Jesus says, hey guys, I'm trying to motivate you guys. I'm trying to motivate, and he's quoting scripture because here's what Jesus knew. Jesus knew that the playbook is the Bible at the table. The playbook for the table is the Bible. So here's what I need you to know. Chair three people, they do whatever this book says. So until you can say, I'm gonna do whatever this book says, then you're not in chair three. And that's not my words. Those are God's words. You ought to have, there's a lot of things you ought to do in this seat. There's a lot of responsibility that comes in this seat. There's a lot of pressure that comes in this seat. But we have a manual. And not only do we have a manual, we have a God that fuels us. We have a God that gives us power. He does all those things for us. And I'm so thankful for that today. Can I ask you a question today? Do you do what this book says or is this book just an option? And that's offensive. And it's frustrating, but I'm just telling you what Jesus said. We got to be a church, a community who actually believes this Bible. Now, here's the good news. You don't have to believe what we believe to belong here. You don't have to believe what we believe to belong here. You don't got to be here today. And I want to make sure I, make sure I say this. You don't have to leave here defeated. You can leave here encouraged today to know that if you're going to get from chair one to chair two, to from chair two to chair three, it's going to be because of a God who loves you and the book that he gave you. I'm not making up the manual. I don't have to guess what to do with my money because the Bible tells me what to do with it. You're like, oh, don't talk about my money. Can I tell you what we don't do at our church? We never do giving series at our church. We won't. We did, we did one closely, our month four of our church. My friend's like, you know you don't talk about giving in your fourth month of a church launch. I'm like, hey, we're bold. <laughs> and I don't know what I'm doing. So it's a little bit of a, it's a little bit of bold. I tell you all the time, Brandon, that faith and stupidity, they, they look a lot alike. And some of you are like, man, our pastor, he's so faith, man, he's got so much faith. I'm like, no, I'm just stumbling my way through it. It looks like faith, but I'm, I've, lost, I've lost some marbles along the way. <clears throat> this book is the playbook. This book is the playbook. This book's the playbook. So we don't have to get up here and say, man, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta give, you have to give, you have to give, you have to give, you have to give so we can pay off our bills or pay off our buildings. We don't do that. We can say, hey man, this book has called you to a higher life. God gave us everything. God gave us everything. My expectations are so high. I wish I could manage your checkbook for you. I wish I could. Like, oh, I don't want that. 
Well, here's what I know. I live an extremely blessed life. I was sitting on the couch the other night and Donnie goes, we got to give more. I said, what do you want to give? Like, we already give more. Like, more doesn't have a number, by the way. It's measurable. She goes, we can, we can give more. I said, all right. She runs the books. I'm like, yeah, give it, give more. She's like, if we give this much, I said, honey, we don't, that's not 10%. That's a lot higher than 10%. I'm not really, I'm not really ready to do that. I didn't say that to her. <clears throat> Here's what I know. I don't have to know how to, I don't have to figure out how to raise my kids. Because I got a playbook. And moms and dads are here today. It doesn't mean that when they get old, they're going to do exactly what I tell them to do. If you're here today and your kids are, kids are straying away, that's not your job. That's not your problem. They're straight away. They get to make a, they get a point where they get to make a choice. They're going to cling to what you gave them or they're going to reject it. And that's up to them. It's not up to you. Be great. Be great if we could tell our kids what to do until they were about 35 or 40. But we don't get to. And by the way, moms and dads, for a little bit of encouragement today, you don't know anything until your kid tell, turns 25. And then all of a sudden, you are a freaking scholar. So if your kids are in that season, just hang in there. You're like, dude, my kid's three. I don't know what to tell you what to do. Come hang out with me. I'll encourage you. So in this seat, <clears throat> you if, you're, if you get to this seat, chair three people, they know who God is. They know who God is. He's more than just a Christmas story. He's more than just Easter. They know God. They've placed their faith in Jesus Christ. They know who God is. They know him. <clears throat> in chair three, if you're going to be in the, in the chair three, you've, you've found freedom. Chair three people, they, they found freedom. They found freedom from the worry, the doubt, the guilt, the shame, the pain. And they found that in a community group. They found that in a community group. You can't live your best life until you got some people around you helping you. You want to know why? Because you got blind spots. You could be thinking that you're doing good, but you need someone in your life to encourage you to actually do good, to, be, to make sure you're okay. My best friends in the entire world live in Tampa. They pastor a church. <clears throat> we get in the car with them this past week, and they said, first thing out of my mouth, how's your wife? I said, you don't want to ask about me. He said, well, you're selfish. So I don't really care about you. He said, how's your wife? How's your marriage? How's your life? We don't even talk. Church is the last thing on our mind. He's checking, about my, checking on my soul. You got any friends that care about your soul? Any kid that, my friends care about my soul. You needed some people in your life that care about your soul. So you, you found freedom. So if you're in chair three, you got to know God. You have to find freedom. That's in a group. You got to be in a group. You got to have some good Christian community, okay? That's why we preach until we're sore in the throat. The third thing you got to have is you got you got to you got to know you, there's some next steps. You you got to go through next steps in our church, at this church, at a church. Because here's what next steps helps you. It helps you find your purpose. It's a, it's the saddest quote I've ever saw is this: Everybody dies, but not everybody lives. Wouldn't that be a tragedy for you to make it to 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 and die but have never lived? I see it every day. That's why I have great expectation. That's why I get so fired up because I see so many people, they're, just, they're going through the motions. They're in chair two. They're saved. You're saved. That's great. Congratulations. That's awesome. You're going to be in heaven one day. But we have spent an eternity in heaven. But before we got that, we have this life on earth to live. And we got to make sure more people get to heaven. So this person, they know who God is. 
They found freedom. They, 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 they know their next steps. And the fourth thing is they're making a difference. They're making a difference. Hey, friends, I hope you're making a difference. I want you to make a difference. Sure, come serve on the dream team. That is good. And that's awesome. It's a start. Serving on the dream team is going to get you around people like Josh, like Annie. And you're going to find out that Josh and Annie, that serve on the dream team, is just a small part of their week. They serve outside of the church. They serve their neighbors. They serve in other organizations. They serve the guys that own the Jersey Mikes and, and Altamont Springs. They'll find that this dream team is just a gateway to help them to learn how to serve outside of the, the church. So I, I want to preach to you today. I've got a minute and 29 seconds to preach to you. I was just talking to you, by the way. Now I want to preach to you. I want to give you two things you got to write down today. <clears throat> it's our job to set the table. If you're in chair three, it's your job to set the table. Here's the first thing you got to know is you got to set the table with the right heart. <clears throat> you got to set the table with the right heart. Jesus says to these guys, hey guys, your heart, you're doing stuff, but your heart is, your heart is ratchet. Your heart is gross. You got to get your heart right. You got to get your you got to get things right in your life. And if you're not careful, you'll be like most of America. You'll be really good on the outside, but you'll be really bad on the inside. Can I show you what that looks like in here today? I think a lot of us in here today, when, when we meet people, we hang out with people. <clears throat> they go, wow. Jessica just looked over and said, hey, he has ADD. This helps him. That's what she just said to you, right? Is that what she said? <clears throat> we get out these lives and men. Our lives, they look really good. Look at my life. <clears throat> I have a house. I got kids. But on the and they have all these things. They start counting all the stuff that they have. <clears throat> and here's what they think. This is what makes me so nervous for some people. Some people say, man, I'm so full. Look, I'm doing good. Look how, look how good I look. $9.99 on Amazon Prime, baby. I look good. <clears throat> the car's right. The house is right kids right most of the time or at least in public everything looks good but I want to encourage you today if this is your life I want to encourage you today that you're really not that full I hate to break that to you today this is a bold message today I know but God didn't come down the cross for your sins so you could just be saved he has so much more for you salvation is just the beginning Progress is the goal, not perfection. So don't be like, oh, I mean, they have such high goals. We ought to be attainable. What's attainable today is that you can know God in this service today. You can, you can join a group today. Find some people around you. You can go through next steps or at least find your purpose and you can start making a difference. That's tangible. You all can do that. You don't need Hope Church to help you do that. But we're a vessel. I mean, so many people, they think they're so full. And you're full of stuff, but you're not full of God. And to the world, it looks, you're blessed. Man, you're blessed. Man, you're blessed. This is not blessing. I have spent the last 10 years trying to figure out what blessing looks like as a pastor, 13, 14 years, and I just now figured out the best illustration to show you what blessing looks like. Blessing is not being full. Blessing is not being full. Blessing is overflowing. You need some more God in your life. Everybody does. Pastor Joel, Pastor Josh, every leader, you need some more God in your life because here, this is not full. This is what full begins to look like. When God comes into your life and God begins to pour into your life, 
that is what full looks like. The stuff that was in your life that you thought was so important, that begins to go away. You find out that those things, they're not that important. Here's what I know about my God. He never runs out. He's always got more. And so he comes up to your life and he continues to pour into your life and he changes everything about you. Put your hands together because we serve a God who wants to pour into you. He wants to fill you up. And I want to encourage you today, if you walked in here today super proud about all your stuff, you're not full. Guys, don't measure the cup. Measure what's on the inside. Measure what's on the inside. I can't tell you how much this church brings in, but you know what I can tell you? I can tell you how much goes out. I can't tell you who gives, but I can tell you every missionary's name that we give to. I can tell you that. I can tell you Nick and Katie are going to do an incredible thing. Here's what I also can tell you. We're going to raise some money in just a few few weeks. You can put that side there. We're going to raise some money in just a a few weeks uh, for our our Heart for the House offering. And here's what I can tell you. I don't know how we're going to get all of it, but I can tell you where all of it's going to go. Because we measure not what's on the cup, we measure what's on the outside. We measure what we do out there. Because if we come in here today and hear a good sermon and we smile and we say, man, that's good, the worship's good, man, that girl's good, she can sing, that girl's got pipes, all that's great. But if it doesn't cause us to leave out here to go do something, then we're missing the point. Because people with an open, people that set the table, they have a right heart, but they also have open hands. They have open hands. This is what open-handed living looks like. This is what open-handed living like. I want to encourage you to say, what do you, were you the before or are you the after? Hey, listen, before you say, man, this guy's not for stuff. I live in a nice house. I have cars that run most of the time. So if they go, oh, you're against stuff. You would drive a nicer car if you could. I like being debt-free, so I, I wouldn't. I like it. I don't like car payments, so I don't have any. I'm trying to get out of my house payment. You can't just stop paying, by the way. You got to pay. Like I, I pay the cars off because I paid them off. It doesn't run all the time. I told my mechanic to say, hey, it stops whenever it wants now. So well, we got duct tape. We're going to get that fixed. We're going to be good to go. We set the table with an open heart and we set the table with an open hand. I want to encourage you today. Are you open-handed? If you try to white knuckle everything you have, God can never get more in there. You can't get more in this. It's all you got. We're going to be a church that's full. And you can't make yourself get full. It's funny because you can make yourself, you can, you can put some stuff in your life you can't put this in. Not the way that God can. Is your life overflowing? Is joy spilling out? Is blessing blessing spilling out? Here's what I know. I'm done. You don't get full from getting. You get full from giving. You don't get full. You don't get full from getting. You never get full. You can make a plate on Thursday and eat that plate and guess what happens afterwards? You'll be able to put more in there. Like, I'm really not that full. I'm going to get more full. You get full from giving. Are you giving your life to Christ? Are you giving what you have? Are you doing the best you can? I don't know if you are or not. We've said it since day one. This isn't a religious church. I'm not going to get him to tell you what you have to do. I'm just going to tell you what this book says. And if you want to take the journey with God, then take it with him and us. But if you don't, it's okay. It's okay.